0: there's a typical saying for um, it's always bright, it's always darkest before dawn, but for me it's more that it represents there will always be a chance to start again. Always. Like that's how life is structured. Um, it doesn't matter. Like the day always it always tides over. Always. Uh, you don't we're never stuck in the night. Um, and I think that maybe sometimes we don't see our opportunities to come out of it, but we're we'll always given a chance to to, I guess, or we'll run after, at the end
1: of run into it. So, what is it that I'm actually looking for? Do we really know life? Sure. But let me say intelligence emotional intelligence, social intelligence, financial intelligence. So, I believe it's important for each and every one of us to understand the rules that govern any arena of your life. You are listening to The Revenge of the Forsaken Gods a podcast that explores the human experience and seeks to create a blueprint for a living using books, stories, movies, and conversations. And here is your host, Andrew balongo O'Pere. Welcome to The Revenge of the Forsaken Gods, and I am your host, Andrew balongo O'Pere. And in today's episode, I'm very excited to be hosting a musician. And uh, what I'm curious to learn is... What's the wisdom we can learn from the life experience of a musician? What does it take to be a, a musician on a world-class level? And uh, because musicians impact our lives. So I have someone here who is considered a national treasure by her colleagues. Real life. These are not my words making it up. These are their words. So they mentioned that, uh, uh, yes. She is a national treasure. She's an extremely talented musician, producer, arranger, songwriter. And to top it all, she has a voice that the Almighty bless the world through her. She shares her gift generously with ease and generally loves what she does. And we hear it and we see it every time she sings. It is something that every person should experience Numerous times in their lives. And it is well worth your money. Come on now. So officially, her LinkedIn says that she is a singer, songwriter, arranger, and producer. An interesting thing is she has attended one of the most, the largest independent college of contemporary music in the world, a.k.a. Berkeley College of Music, mm-hmm. which has a notable uh, alumni like Eric Wanaina, who is the Uh, he's considered uh, the musician who has penned the unofficial Kenyan national anthem. Anthem. (laughs) And apart from that, she is an engineer also. And last but not least, before we bring her on, I just got to say this from your friend. On one hand, she carries the grace and beauty like a swan. And on the other hand, she possesses a gentle fierceness. I wonder if she'll... uh, Pick. In fact, I'll ask you. This is a question. I wonder if she'll pick if you ask her what wild animal embodies her. <laughs> so, without further ado, the Berkeley College music alum, the lady who is a national treasure that the world needs to listen to at least once in their life before they die, Lisa Odwar noah <laughs> Thank
0: you. Welcome, welcome. Thank
1: you. So uh, I noticed uh, on your uh, Instagram. Uh-huh. On your bio, you have room 116,
0: <laughs>
1: like a quote. What does that mean? I'm
0: going to read it for you. Let me pull it up here. It should be interesting. <laughs> it Actually, stands for Romans 116. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, which I don't want to paraphrase it because, yeah, that's my motto for life at the same time. So it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written that just shall live by faith.
1: And why is that an important verse for you?
0: Um, Because I think everyone has different motivations for the thing that they do, whether it's life experience or you discovered you're talented and you're like, why not? And for me, man, is faith because many people don't know it's not because of singing in church but the first song i wrote apart from i guess processing life was me just honestly i know to god i was like everything you do you hear me um first before anyone else does um and for me all that i do is anchored in my faith every opportunity i have i can't tell there's some which i've done and i'm just like i can't explain to you guys how they happened i can't explain to you how i got them i didn't do anything um yeah so uh, like i didn't i didn't know i could sing for years and i was singing in my room and the only person who heard me the most was god before my family um even before my family knew i could sing (laughs) that's that's what it was for me and that's all the singing that i do started out of that relationship so
1: Wow, in fact, I'm just gonna play a game right now. So, mm-hmm. th- there's so much wisdom you've said. So, already the first track, if I was a musician, mm-hmm. you're the first one that heard me.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's gonna
1: be the first song. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so when was the first time that you got uh, exposed to music? When did music just When did you open your eyes or you just realized music? Oh my god, what's this?
0: Um, honestly. I don't know when, but my fondest memory um, was when, like, there, was once, there used to be this channel called STV on local TV. And they used to play all sorts of hits. Now, my siblings used to play music at home. And I remember singing along to, was it, Mariah Carey's song, Always Be My Baby. So that's my fondest memory. But then I was told I used to be rocked to sleep to Lingala music. So, which explains why even when it comes on now, it's very hard for me to keep still, uh, very, very hard. So um, yeah, it's interesting even hearing that when I heard that story, I was like, you mean that's where it started from um, even before I could recognize it. So um, even being in high school, I mean, I sing in many, in different functions for the talent shows and ETC, but it wasn't because I was like, I can sing, I want a parents to push me, you know, just cause I like music. I, I used to sit at the computer before I did my homework, I used to listen to music. Doing my homework, I used to use it to read. A lot of people like, how are you listening to music with lyrics and then chopping bio? But sometimes, I don't know, even my recall was tied to that. So, yeah, it's just, it's been, I guess how people call it, call it ethereal. It's just they're always in the background. Okay. So, yeah, even even when it, whether lyrical or not, you know,
1: so, yeah. Wow, and you mentioned, uh, you know, you started singing in high school at different functions. Mm-hmm. Would you mind talking to me a little bit about the Golden Divas? I'm so amused. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is that name, we were looking for a name, and we are just like, what do we even put as a name for this thing? And that's how that name come up. came up. And we just wanted to do a song, like a rendition of... And old song that everyone knows <laughs> To get that many views or anything, so now you're um, talking about
1: uh, the song you're talking about is Malaika, Malaika yes, by Fathir,
0: yes, and
1: it actually currently shows it has 56,155 views. But
0: people you know how old that thing is 2012, I think.
1: I know, eight 2012? years
0: ago, no, 2022. Okay. Da-da. Wow! Wow! <laughs> it's ten years old. Wow, It's ten years old this year, but yeah, um, yeah, we had no plans. We just wanted to do something fun, as you can even see, we're even holding the <laughs> microphone in our hands. And guys came to school um, to record. Those were my classmates, uh, Trina Mungai, who's also an established musician, Candy mm-hmm. Mburu, who is now studying and working uh, in public health sector in America. So yeah, it's it's that's. A lot of the videos that were done earlier on my YouTube channel were just, why not? YouTube wasn't even a thing. So <laughs> for me, I was like, I wanted to do this. So let me just, it's nice to sing songs. And I like arranging songs and thinking about what if we could make it different from just the way you guys usually hear it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what is, uh, now that you're talking about arranging songs, mm-hmm. um and that's one of your, 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 your skill sets.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, when was the time that you decided that I want to do this professionally? You know, it's one thing to sing. I've well, met various phenomenal musicians, but they're they like, we're not going to do this pro. But then you decided I want to do this professionally.
0: I, honestly, I don't think I did. I think in many ways, I have many interests. I'd like to think that music is one of the things I do. And
1: what are some of your other interests?
0: Oh, so many things. Before I left, I was doing psychology in Daystar and people were like, see so you're gonna be a shrink. Maybe not. I just find human beings very interesting. I also find um, human anatomy very interesting. Like one of my interests lately has been watching this channel called The Institute of Human Anatomy on YouTube, just breaking down how different ways your body works. And that now I guess filtered into now behavior because I think human beings make very interesting choices. And how they live out of those choices, you know, whether they call them regrets or victories, or ETC. cetera. so.
1: Song number two, human beings make very interesting choices.
0: <laughs> Song title number two. Boom. <laughs> yeah, so, um, aside of that, I like efficiency um, also. So now, maybe this is the more choleric side of me talking. I like seeing when people can perform or work at their best and how we can create such environments, whether it's in a workplace or in a band. So, yeah. So, you see.
1: So, for us mere mortals that are not aware what choleric <laughs> means, can you please just give us a small taste?
0: Wow. Um, A long time ago, there was uh, someone who did a study on mm-hmm. four different temperaments, and that is melancholic, sanguine, phlegmatic, and choleric. And choleric is one of those temperaments. And that I guess it's assumed that most leaders and oil changers have a bit of a caloric temperament. Mm-hmm. as And that's more like you get things done, you highly organized, um, I guess you'd say type A, mm-hmm.
1: a functioning personality. Mm-hmm. The accountants, and, organized, mm, task-oriented. Yeah, task-oriented, exactly.
0: Okay. So yeah, if that's the better way to describe it, I guess. I mean, of course, which comes with both its strengths and weaknesses as do any of the other four and yeah I, that's now the more if you wanted to put me in an office maybe that's me mm-hmm. i'm i'm both the creative emotional ITC, which is now described as a melancholic and mm-hmm. slightly perfectionistic but now that pairs with the task-oriented organized it, which is why i get stuff done even when it comes to if let's say i'm music directing a gig mm-hmm. i'd be like these are the elements mm-hmm. we have how do they need to work together for us to come out with this outcome so but also now pairing that with now just like in human behavior that's like okay you made this choice what is a series of things factors that contributed to that um and in the present life that you have what disables you from moving forward or making certain decisions or acting a certain way to your benefit and to the benefit of others so you see how yeah. they kind of all sometimes i feel like doing music allows me to study human behavior because you do market research when you're watching your audience or doing watching these analytics and etc. But then also, you do your own personal introspection. Whether when you're writing from experience or writing about someone else's experience, you study. You're studying people, you're studying your own emotion, you're observing yourself and even how people receive it. Um, sometimes, not so obviously, but it's, you know, people tell you this is the song that I play every morning you know, I'm a part of someone's day every day and that's absolutely striking to me. So, yeah.
1: Song number three, part of my song every day. Oh my God. Part of my
0: day every day. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because music is the soundtrack of our lives. And uh, and I'm just humbled by the way you, uh, I guess this is (coughs) part of what we don't see about musicians is Mm -hmm. the analysis you have to do to create the song Mm -hmm. to understand the human Experience and attempt to put that in words,
0: and even just sometimes how you're not studying it, and then you do something, and then guys are like, "I love that song." You're like, "Really? This one? Yeah. This is like so possible for me." You know, mm-hmm. um yeah. I don't think people understand the process is so wild. I guess it's like gardening. Sometimes there's some things you plant in order, and they take the longest to come out, and then the ones which might just be spread randomly in your garden are the ones which grow incredibly. You know, so
1: okay so what are let me start my game you know uh, in my (laughs) podcast i like asking people what are three things so then what (laughs) yes what are the three songs that you felt were personal that people told you oh my god this was a hit oh my god this song means so much to me
0: oh um of my own um a lot of people have talked about the first song i ever put out it's called apology Mm -hmm. and till now um, I was shooting for the rave with Jarai, who's also an incredible songwriter and singer in Kenya, and she she said that was one of the songs that pushed her to move back to Nairobi and start her career. And I was like,
1: What?
0: When wow. from the children? Oh my God! Wow. You know, um, or even um, so that's apology. Then there's a song that I sang throughout college that I wrote in twenty sixteen but some people just played like and it's called daylight and I wrote it because I was homesick and I missed Kenyan sunrises because of the curtains my mom bought so they wash the room in color like yellow and blue and orange and when you're in the winter and it goes dark at four pm and it starts light starts at like eight thirty, nine AM you're like, bruh, I can't do this. And then it's cold and the heater will go out and you're like, guys, I'm suffering. And then it's just too many different things. But more so, it's emblematic of hope. Because no matter how, there's a typical saying for, um, it's always, bright, it's always darkest before dawn. But for me, it's more that it represents there will always be a chance to start again. Always. Like, that's how life is structured, um, It doesn't matter. Like the day always, it always tides over, always. Uh, You don't, we're never stuck in the night. Um, And I think that maybe sometimes we don't see our opportunities to come out of it, but we're always given a chance to grab onto, I guess, or run after the light at the end of the tunnel and run into it. So that's what it means. And for me, it was hope because I was remembering that. Like Every morning, I, I can't feel the warmth right now, or I'm not with people I know, and I'm in a completely different environment, completely um, out of my element, but I know that where I was at that time, um, it felt darkest, but I know that if I can get through this section of life, um, who knows what the rest might hold for me, so.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay, I forget the count, but is it song title number three or oh. four? Dark, <laughs> dark in the night. Number five, there's always <clears throat> a second chance. So There's always mm-hmm. another chance for a dawn. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, you mentioned that uh, daylight was starting for you at 8.39. So I'm assuming during this time, you're at uh, Berkeley mm-hmm. College of Music, which is in Boston, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh-huh. And for those unaware about Boston, Massachusetts it's and how elegant. the weather is like.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's not even talk about it. Like, it makes I I feel I got <laughs> like, My friend posted a video the other day because she's there. And I was so sad for her. I was like, Yanni, it's up to your knees watching the snow. It is so cold. And people didn't understand. it's like. When spring would come around and they say, "Oh, now it's like nine degrees Celsius," I'm like, "What are you saying, mm-hmm. people?" And with all the Africans would still be in uh, coats, and I'm looking at them like, you guys are out here running in shorts, you're trying to die of, of a bad flu." It's okay. You got, when the sun is actually out, then you'll see us with uh, our coats off. You know, my people in my office would be like, "You're still wearing that thing?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> I am." Until until uh, like June, finally.
1: Okay, So while well, we're still warming up before we come back to Berkeley again <laughs> uh, you mentioned the first song was Apology the second song was Daylight what's uh-huh. the third song which is a surprise mm-hmm. for you?
0: People really actually it was I guess Jahera um, mm-hmm. because
1: And what's Jahera for those not familiar? What uh, uh, that Jahera means?
0: term from people known as the Doluo <laughs> and or Wajalewo um, which is a tribe from Western Kenya, the tribe, and the language. Well, if I say direct speech, um, it means the one I love, the one of my love. But I'd like to, I like to say that it is the one whom my love belongs to. So different ownership, um, and also, it's a, such a deep term of endearment. These days you hear, or. You know, uh, you say nyako and people like saying a girl, baby, Nyako is woman. <laughs> um, but for me, i was and like. And Jaber. Jaber is like, there's the beautiful one, but then there's also like, it's like someone of good, good heart. That's what it's supposed to mean, because Ber is goodness. You know, so <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, Jahera was like, because um, the chorus says in Luo, it says sechemoko then it says, which means sometimes the only thing I want is you, but actually all the time the only thing I want is you, which is just that thing of like, you know, sometimes you don't really like the person you love, they don't know you, but then actually, you know there's no one better, or no one you'd rather be with, you know um, so that's the idea behind this one and that's why I say the one whom I love belongs to, rather than the one of my love, the one who I love, like saying that one I love them, but no, mm. this person has taken ownership of the love that I have for them.
1: Yeah. Wow, it's like a 360-degree whole some experience of yeah. this person's like, okay, yeah, that part I don't like. It's still part of the whole experience. Yeah, it's still
0: part of the things that I want. You know, um, and I guess that's the thing about love. There are many things you like, there are things you don't like, but then you're like, I, ah, I don't see it with anyone else, or mm. even. I wouldn't commit to something if it were anyone else. You know, that people... Yeah, or even I wouldn't believe in something as powerful if it wasn't from anyone else. It's very strong. People don't know how strong love is sometimes. you know. Not because I know, but just seeing. And I think we were talking about this even before the podcast started. We, we know of stories about love, but it's easier for us to repeat the negatives of what's going on right now. But you know those stories, like even how your parents met. Like when you hear it and you're just like, and yeah, you walked out the gate. And you were like, she's so cute. I just need to go talk to her folks. Let's get married. And you did. Like, very simple, but so 55-year love stories are written on that. Like, um, my dear brother in laws uh, uh, lost his father last year. And his wife spoke of him. Mm. Like, we were like, <laughs> because she said, there's no way you didn't take me. You took me around the world, you know? Like, that's someone who, if, if I was going to say they're talking about that, that is the one who her love belonged to. And she said, you made me feel like a queen. She said, my children are because of you and even things like... I, she has no ill to speak of him. And all of us can testify of that character. So imagine just how much more powerful that narrative is for... For me, you're writing a story about... It's an ode to someone whom I love could belong to. But seeing that, I was like... You know? So,
1: yeah. But now you see this, there's a level where... The mm-hmm. words are very powerful. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you bring vocality into it? You know, mm. because people say this about you, and mm-hmm. any any popular musician who connect with their audience emotionally is that mm. you bring the, the the tone of voice, those words, <laughs> you make them alive. The like emotion. that person that person wrote it like a poet, mm. but when you sang it, yeah, I understood. Oh my god. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> The emoting, I guess. Um. Well, emoting is one thing that's like a, it's like a thing you learn as you sing. It's the same way. If I listen to Bonnie Iver singing "I Can't Make You Love Me" versus Tank singing "I Can't Make You Love Me," another two very well-renowned artists. Yeah, Tank for R and B bon and for singer-songwriter things, and I think he's from uh, a part of the UK. Um, they sing it so differently. I can listen to Bon Iver and he'll make me feel even more sad boy hours, you know? But then Tank will sing it in R&B and be like, shoo, those recent runs are so good. But then he's still conveying the same emotion, just in a different tone, timbre or timbre, as people say. Um, and, and just... You realize just how specific articulation is, even in vocals. You know, no matter how many riffs and runs that everyone can do that are the same.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. No matter how many you can do, you articulate the story differently. It's like if you tell a story and I tell the same story, you will say it so differently. And that's what I think when thinking about singing. Um, someone else might think of um, math when they do singing, you know, because music is math. Someone else might think of it like chemistry because you're putting different things together. You have drums, you have a certain percussive instruments, then you have a voice that's not, that's super husky, and maybe like a nylon string guitar, you know, like think about guys from Southern America, like Brazil, and the timbre of the many voices there, it's like very rich, you Mm -hmm. know, or even from Congo here, which is very melodic, like their lines are Mm. Very, it's like sing songy, like it's almost like poetry, like you said, you know. Um, it's like then you go to it that you can be like, how do I love thee? Let me count the it you know. <laughs> so, or even you take Ed Sheeran, you know, whose lyrics sometimes you're like, I can see the whole story, like when I close my eyes, you know, um, like the song perfect, you know. So you think about it, and you know that's how singing is to me. So if I even whether lyrically or vocally, if let's say I'm for instance, like in December last year, we did a we have a tribute series with June Gashui and a bunch of other musicians, where we do. And
1: and, and who is Jun Gashui? Jun
0: Gashui is ah, she's many things. Now that an your name MC. dropping, she's a fantastic intellectual property lawyer, fantastic singer. She's an actress. I don't know how many things you want me to name because she does all of those, and those are five only.
1: And I think that's another national treasure. Completely. And, and I'll just name it right now. She's the one who said you're the national treasure. So Aww. I guess one national treasure uh, acknowledges <laughs> another national treasure. She's
0: the best. And I, she... I haven't forgotten what I was saying, you see? You are having <laughs> um, a tribute series? Yes, yeah, so we were doing the tribute series and we're doing Whitney, you know? So Whitney sang her songs in Whitney's way. No one else would do it like Whitney. Even if we're a trip, we're we're doing a tribute to her, it's how I sound singing with me. It is Lisa singing with me. Um, and you're coming to hear Lisa sing with me. Yes, there's the way she done the song, and we all know, you know, like and I had so much fun like with the audience doing that, like we'd all wait for this part and we all wait for the next line that comes. <laughs> know that feeling, so that's what I enjoy even, so mm. even if it's my original music mm. people will be like like in daylight, they oh, they sing the ending and I don't know I just feel like oh my god, that's all I wanted to do, you know, that's if <laughs> I live for that moment just when they sing that part because it's, I wrote something on my Instagram the first time I was releasing it because every time I hear that part being sung out, it wants to it brings me to tears because I'm like I I, said, I think I said I found healing as you sang with me I found joy as we laughed together at every, every audience you have that one moment you know even with the guys from Whitney I can never replicate that moment again so and one of my teachers taught us that your audience is coming into your living room when you perform um, they're your guests you usher them in and you say when they can leave so in that moment whatever emotions I feel whatever um, vulnerability I offer they're engaging in that. So maybe that's why um, people speak of that. Because in my head, I'm like, I have nothing else to offer you but myself. And I hope that myself and my voice, you know, and still again, it's me. Uh, whether you accept or reject, reject that, this is what I'm presenting. To you.
1: So who is this teacher that bestowed onto you one of your oh. gems of wisdom that to which we are enjoying <laughs> as a national treasure?
0: He's... Unfortunately, he passed away years ago. Um, I think in my first year of Berkeley, and it was crazy. I met him. He's the first teacher I met on campus at Berkeley. Um, just before we started orientation week. And he was like, You're coming to my class, really? I like, said immediate. <laughs> um and at the first or second year, I think it was second year. And he his name is uh, Armstead Christian, fantastic flautist, saxophonist, and singer. And our class was literally just a performance class. We'd go in, we'd pick songs, and there's a pianist or an accompanist, and we'd go and sing the songs. And I'm an introvert. So um, even if my job dictates otherwise, (laughs) I am. So that class, I remember him saying, when he said that thing about welcoming people into your living room, you you break the barrier of like, oh, you're here to perform for us, and all you do is what we want. It's like, no, we're both here, you know? Whether it's a high-energy gig or not, you know? Like, for instance, in Whitney, I went from singing I Believe in You and Me to singing I'm Your Baby Tonight, two stacking different performances, you know? But by the time we got to Baby Tonight, I'm like, we've gone through the journey together, you know? So if you're in my living room, I host you. If I'm a host and I'm a great host, you will really the feeling like, "Guy." Even if I see you how many times a year, you're like, I like going to that. I like being with them, you know. And I, I like that feeling of connection, you know. That's what every human being is looking for. We just want to connect on some kind of level, even though sometimes we first do it in maybe not the kindest ways. You know, we we'll first be apprehensive, but when you first when you establish it, you know, if if I smile at you and you're like, I've had a sucky day, you'd be like, guy, it was one person who smiled at me on the train who might have spun my day around. So, yeah, that's that's what he taught me and because in that class when we performed he I sang like towards the end of the semester um and he cried and I was like I had closed my eyes and I would forgotten for the first time and he was like he just looked at me and said whatever that was keep doing it he said I don't know where you found that thing where you are now keep doing it and I said
1: what do you think it was at that time?
0: I don't know I think it's just that um again like i said i'm not around anything familiar i was having the hardest time adjusting to the cold because what um and then um i was discovering myself and what i liked about my voice um a friend of mine repeats she says i remember you got there and you asked me am i good at singing and she said what (laughs) i was like what do you mean i said i'm in a place where that's one of the biggest questions your value um, as a musician or as an artist, this question so much because there's so many people doing exactly what you do. So you think um, until you realize, for all of you, there's space, and that for me was the turning point. So maybe that was it. I was just figuring out there's a room for me and how I sound and my experiences, and there are people who need to listen to it, and who will look for it so that it's listened to. You know, um, it's not like I. I was like, listen to me, look at me. And I'm like, everything, you know, sometimes you have to, cool. But I was, I was, it was just me and a few classmates of mine and him in the class and an accompanist. And even the accompanist looked at me and said, Yeah, that 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 was great. And he's a hard, he they were hard critics, especially <laughs> the companies. accompanist, you know. These are people who work with the world-renowned musicians and artists, you know, then they're coming to teach you in the school, but Even seeing my classmates and they were like, one of them asked me, are you in love? Like, I felt like you were in love. And I was like, I wasn't. But I guess I was allowing them finally into my living room because for so many years I used to perform with my eyes closed and stand in one spot and stage and let my voice tell the story. And I think maybe that was the time I was just like, you know what? Maybe now, maybe after all this time standing in this classroom, maybe I can take that thing about bringing you into my own little world and what that could sound like for me or that felt like for me or yeah um, he he encouraged I guess our freedom to just be yourself because that's what people want
1: yeah so even earlier on as we were listening to the tracks that uh, you know you had said <laughs> every time I listen to any of your song I feel my hair is standing up. You know, you know, it's Yay. that song, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. I guess, you know, people say, you know, the people that sing and then the people that sing. You sing until the hair is like this. Oh. It's just like, bump. okay, I know how spi- Spidey Sense feels like. That's great. So, uh, so who was this friend that affirmed you? Huh? Who was this friend that affirmed you? Or the one who asked me, Are said, you hey, enough? You can, no, no, that, hey, you can sing. like, Are you kidding?
0: Um, that was my friend. Her name is Nachesa Odima. She's a mm-hmm. great human being, one of my people.
1: Thank you, Nachessa Odima, for finding Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Even though she didn't uh, believe she was no, a good singer. It was good.
0: We through many years. That is my life homie, like Kabisa. Mm-hmm. She's also an incredible songwriter. She has a song called Nikopendiki Kenya mm-hmm. on YouTube. So go look for her.
1: Yes. Yes. And for everything that is mentioned in this podcast, look I will put them. the show notes mm-hmm. and the links down uh, below so uh, don't worry you'll bet, <laughs> you'll get to experience everything that is mentioned and all the people who are mentioned mm-hmm. so since we are already into uh, life at berkeley I'd like us just to go a little bit sure. reverse a little bit be, behind yes <laughs> and then come back to berkeley mm-hmm. what made you decide to do this professionally because you said you you, you are doing psychology at daystar university mm-hmm. uh, based in Nairobi Kenya mm-hmm. And uh, so, what made you decide to focus on the music?
0: Like I said, I I actually I was like, let's run with it as far as we can. Uh, I keep telling people it feels like I fell into it by mistake because I think even before I'd finished high school, as I was as I was nearing the end of high school, I did a play. Then guys were like, okay, that kid can sing. And this, is, like I said, after years of singing in my living room or or in playing solitaire, you know, and in assemblies and things like that. So I didn't think I wasn't thinking about like it's gonna be a career, it'd see, but I wanted to study music somewhere and it was tucked away in my heart. And then the opportunity came and honestly like I said, it didn't even make sense that I could go. Um not just because I had started school here, but because Berkeley is hella expensive. Like even getting the scholarship, I I just applied. I didn't bribe anyone oh. Like that's why I say I'm like, whenever I say everything's rooted in faith, there was no way. My parents are retired and I'm the last born. You know how people say you're the one who's the retirement benefit or briefcase. <laughs> but I was like, bro, I was still in school and life seemed like it was taking a different path. So even when that came along, I just I think I just. Audition for Coke Studio, so I was like, okay, maybe here there's a life here. I can do music on the side and do psychology. And what was so,
1: what, what what was uh, this phenomenon of Coke Studio that was Coke going Studio on? Coke Studio
0: Africa in. used to, I think it started in 2011 or 12, and it was there's also Coke Studio India, and it was a forum where you bring artists from all over the region to come and perform their music. Sometimes rearranged, arranged um, and in co- collaboration with other artists. So let's say we had someone from. Uh, we had a couple of Nigerian artists, and we also had like Tanzanian. And we had, I think I remember the one I was on, Banner Boy came, and Banner Boy was a UK, but Nigerian uh, musician. I'm sure you guys know Banner Boy. <laughs> 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 but yeah, and we also had, was she, I'm not sure, but she was from Mozambique. There are people from Mozambique, mm-hmm. there are people from all over. And so it was really good because you get to expose the music of a different place. To another region, you know, and so ours Africa. This one was based in Kenya, Um, and there's also Coke Studio India. So, yeah, we were called to be background singers, and I was called also like just handle some of the vocal arrangements and things. So combining things. So we even had what is it, King Kaka, who was known as Rabbit, um, who's a Kenyan-based rapper, and we did it. We combined it with like on Vogue's uh, "Don't Don't Let Go." (laughs) Wow. yeah, and that was the song Ligiso. So mm. it was interesting. It was fun for my brain. Maybe that's where the arrangement things turned off. Um, actually, it might have started earlier at something called Acoustic. So uh, mm. with the Noel and and Kato Changi.
1: Tell me uh, more about that because... Uh, acoustic Worship, yeah. Uh, actually, some of the words uh, dis- that I described you actually came from Noel Derito.
0: No! my brother
1: <laughs> and uh yes as you can see um
0: family man
1: yes the the, the words that the, that i said about you you know i call her an old soul she can school you on any musical <laughs> era as she isn't confined to what she just grew up on Speak, bro. collaborating with her comes easily because we trust each other Yep i find that quality insanely cool oh. given that lisa is one of the most gifted people i have met
0: My brother, her being
1: able to trust others and their input sets her up to succeed even more wow so was the acoustic worship worship the time when you did your collaborations with both kato change and Nel
0: actually it was before so they used to host it at alliance Francaise. uh uh, in nairobi which is in town and they used to just do it and collab with uh different musicians from their friend circle and just create different traditions of songs that people knew worship songs that people knew or even give people opportunities like the phenomenal singer uh called vanessa obunde and she also did that stage so that golden liver thing came and we did acoustic worship and that was one of the first like i think apart from first fridays that used to be hosted by kabuta manzia um
1: and who's kabuta manzia
0: oh uh, she is one of kenya's i guess most renowned jazz vocalists. um she also went to berkeley an alumnus as well and yeah she performs i think even the last time safari com jazz was done she did a special i've sung with her at tis the season which is a regular christmas gig put on by tamil yungu Eric and, mm-hmm. uh, and And
1: for those who don't know, Atemi Yungu, Eric Wanaina, and, and...
0: Shiba Hurst, who is Eric Wanaina's mm-hmm. spouse as well. Okay. And they have a production studio called Rainmaker. And Atemi Yungu is also another prolific vocalist from Kenya. Um, so, we've she's also incredible, so... That she's also an alumna, oh. Berkeley it helps. <laughs> hey, hey. So, 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 what yeah. is it? What is
1: it about Berkeley that helps a musician compared to someone that doesn't go to Berkeley? Just yes, in general, what have you noticed?
0: I mean, I think community. When you're in a place where there are many musicians at, not just at leave alone at your disposal, but you also get to interact with them, there's a different way your brain works, you know, versus you being on your own making your own art, Like the access you have to people from all over the world like we used to do recordings with some friends of mine from um what's this place called it's off the coast of france um what is it called and uh, yeah oh Leon. Even, no you is, <laughs> is in france um, um, it's so it's like on the tip of my tongue mm. i don't know if you can find it um it's an island Reunion, yeah, Ah. Union Island. I met someone from there, and or even people from. I have a friend from Madagascar. It was called Niraza, Neoni, and she's incredible. Like meeting people like that, or even uh, people from all over America, and South America. My friend Jonathan Padilla, he was an incredible, and even another lady on who's now on like I don't know if it's NBC. Or oh, she, her name is Nega.
1: NBC. And
0: yeah, she plays percussion. one of the house bands for a show with oh. John. His name is John Baptiste. who's an incredible jazz musician. Like meeting people like that, and friends of mine now, one of them who's gone on tour with Harry Styles this last year. So, it's incredible. Those are all the people you meet, and you don't know that that's the path they're going to take. But just the, the way we work, you work together, and the way it makes your brain work is incredible The way you start thinking about your arrangements or your songs and just the exposure to that is incredible one of my friends tim reynolds um who shares a name with uh, a dave matthews band member (laughs) um he an incredible violinist and vocalist you know being part of projects like that you know it, it opens up your leave alone your opportunities but just the way you think about music and the way you think about relationships because a lot of the jobs you'll get is from references from these people. So it's not that you're, it's, it's just um, transactional, it's actually like, these are people who, we were, lived in the same houses, we ate food together, we, we, know, we met each other's families. One of my best research from college is from South Africa, and we're still friends to this day, not even because of just the music making, but because we're actually friends, you know. Mm-hmm. If she can refer me for something, she does, you know. So
1: Wow. yeah. So, before we Segue. Segway. segwayed, <laughs> uh, we're talking about "Tis the Season" and acoustic mm-hmm. worship. Mm-hmm. So, what, what what's this "Tis the Season" experience?
0: Wow, uh, "Tis the Season" is one of the first Christmas concerts that I ever did. I think it was years ago before I went, just before I went to Berkeley. We were part of the first, I think, first two or three. Um, and it's a production of different Christmas carols with Kenyan greats like singer-songwriter, legend Chris Adwa, and Atemi. And you put carols that people know, but also make some with, which have Kenyan originals, you know. Like uh, <laughs> things that are familiar to people who, like let's say in Kenya, um, mm-hmm. Chris Adwa has a song called Bust To Shago. Go. Mm-hmm. Which is something common for us, Ushago is up country or your countryside, yeah, countryside home, <laughs> uh, if not countryside, like where your parents are from. So, one thing that's familiar to us is for holidays, you always go to see your grandparents in Ushago. <laughs> so, the song says, I'm taking a bus to Ushago where my heart belongs. You know, for him, it's an ode to where his love is, you know, in in that context, you know, and that's acting an original carol, it can be, mm. you know, or a couple of other songs taking. A rendition and making it fusing it with a Kenyan song that's familiar you know so for example uh, like this time they did a medley of songs and one of the songs in it was which is my love come back home mm-hmm. um, and the guitarist Benjamin Kabaseke was singing it and you have that in the middle of what's his song um and he shall reign forever Mm -hmm. forever. so having that in the middle you see so it's like you know the song and then you're like oh but then you have this one (laughs) in the middle that's familiar and just segueing through things that are common to you and also common to all of us singing together you know uh or even just allowing kenyan artists to sing songs that seem so Far-fetched when you think about like hymnals and sing it in church, let's say, let's say All Saints or how you grew up, but now putting it in the way, now you hear music uh, presently in the different genres, you hear music, not just pop, but arranging it in maybe Roomba, like you see Bastou Shago is very rumba heavy and rumba benga heavy, uh, which was common in Kenyan music in the 1940s, but now has made a comeback with rumba slash trap hip hop, you know, so yeah. Doing okay. things like that. Wow. That's t- the
1: Season. Yes, if you get a chance to check out Taste the Season. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's actually happening this weekend, if I'm not wrong. No, it happened... Um, Last weekend?
0: In, yes, because they, post- they postponed Christmas. <laughs> so <laughs> it should be happening again in December.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. so mark your calendars for December. tis <laughs> t- the Season. Get this experience sing songs remixed in a way by all these musicians who mm-hmm. are considered world-class musicians. Mm-hmm. It is such a treat to experience. Mm-hmm. A, a recommendation from our very own National <laughs> treasure. So, yeah, so let's take a small break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the acoustic Sundays, no, sorry, acoustic worship, worship. And, and how that propelled you to decide to choose to Decide to apply for your scholarship at Berkeley and continuing with your journey of the teachers that impacted your life and what are the skills they unlocked for you as Mm -hmm. the musician you are musician, singer, songwriter, (laughs) arranger, engineer. You
0: you don't have to say it every time, but thanks.
1: (laughs) Hi. All right, we'll be back. Love you, love you. All right, welcome back to the Revenge of the Forsaken Gods podcast. If you're tuning in right now, I'm interviewing a singer, songwriter, <laughs> arranger, producer birthed in the embers of Berkeley College of Music, where world-famous musicians have been blessed <laughs> to emote our our hearts, mm-hmm. you know, turning lyrics into melodies that change our emotions and help us with our lives with the soundtracks of our lives i can't even figure out the right words to say but you know uh, (laughs) what it it just it is what it is (laughs) yes lisa odwar noah welcome back thank you
0: thank you for having
1: me yes and uh right now since we're back after the break tell us about acoustic worship and how this experience led you to decide, uh, you know what, I'm going to apply to Berkeley and pursue this music. Let me take it to the levels that I could and your adventures at Berkeley.
0: Uh, like I said, uh, acoustic worship was started by Noel Neritu and Katu Change, who are two great musicians from Nairobi, Kenya. Ooh, my homies. Yes. Um, and great collaborators as well. So we we went and performed on that gig and we, I met them at church, at Nairobi Baptist Church. And we kept going from there, like it became doing acoustic worship to being on the albums to collaborating in life. You know, like I said, uh, not just Berkeley, but even at home. A lot of my collaborations and the people I work with, we have relationships that are like 10 years old uh, or more. Uh, for instance, my guitarist, my resident guitarist, one of them, and both of them. Um, Saddam Malaki, we've known each other since when class 6, and even New O'War, who's also another resident guitarist who is incredible. Both of them are in, completely incredible, and I've known them for 12 years, 10 years, 118, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, for me, we worked together, t- and then when I got the call to go to, I actually didn't apply for the scholarship, uh, which is why I said a lot of this I didn't ask for so many things, and I was like, what in the world is happening? Uh, because actually, Eric called me. Ekwarina called me and said, there are a few online auditions. I think it was myself, um, uh, Steve Urban, that's his name on Instagram, who now runs Kaffee Goma and Kaffee Goma Awards, Tedushani also, and another great saxophonist called Emmanuel. And we went for the audition, and a couple of other people as well. I think, I just can't remember, but... Went for the audition and it was just regular questions. I think what is in their, what is in their interview questionnaire, and I just tried my luck. I sang a song by Emily King, who's a great singer songwriter from the states, and I said, "Cool, let's see what happens." And I just left it. And people would ask me, "Oh, what about have you had now?" And I was just like, "You guys have got there and paid the bill. I ain't nobody going to no school, okay? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'm going." So I remember even Steady who called me and he was like, "Ah." Uh, have you checked the results? I said, no. I'd even forgotten about it because I was like, look, it's so far-fetched. And I I had never wanted to go to Berkeley by choice. I had a couple of friends who did, but me, I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to go to psychology or something else, you know. Music wasn't for studying for me. And like I said, the dream was tucked away somewhere in my heart. Like, if i got to go, great. If I didn't, I'm also very satisfied with my life. And when he was on the phone, I opened and I said, yeah, I gonna mean, accepted. He's like, did you get a scholarship or whatever? And I said, oh, I don't know. And then he said, just check, check, check. So I opened the tab and it said I had a full tuition scholarship and I, dro- I literally dropped the phone and I called her stay in South Africa and I said, we're going to school, bro. <laughs> and she was like, wait, what? And I said, yeah, except that I have to leave in like a couple of months. And I was literally going on a tour with the worship team for Nairobi Chapel in New Zealand. So as I got this, wow. lease, I was preparing to leave New Zealand and Australia. And my parents were just like, huh? In fact, what I remember going to tell my dad the day we checked... He came home and he's like, You have some mail? And he didn't know he was bringing my confirmation packet.
1: <laughs> wow. So an it
0: without him knowing. So that's another thing. So that's why I say so many random miracles happened for me to go uh and even in the shortest time. So he brought it, he's like, Yeah, mail. And I opened it and I was like, So I've been accepted to go to school. And he's like, Oh, okay. Then I said, <laughs> and they've given me a scholarship. Oh, then I said, uh, like a full two-shot scholarship. He said, huh? And I gave him the thing, I said, okay. <laughs> and I <laughs> left the room. And I think he was also just like, what in the world, you know? And my parents, like, they probably had no idea what Berkeley is or what it does. But I think they were just like, ah, I remember having a conversation with my father over email. And I just told him, even me, I'm taking a leap of faith. I know it's strange for you, but if you can, let's take it together. If it doesn't work out, I mean, I can come back home and study, which is fine with me. But I'm not trying, he said okay. And
1: song number eight, let's take this leap together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that could be song number eight, <laughs> but yeah, so we did that, and then I went to school. And Shock of my life, but also one of the most in, like incredible transitions of my life, which I think was where I felt like okay, maybe I can do stuff a bit more than just... I actually never wanted to do an album, all these things. I was like, I can be a session musician, but I also have a day job. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, so... Why was
1: it a shock of your life?
0: Because I... Like I said, it was a dream that was tucked away somewhere in my heart where I was like, if we get to go, cool. But I have other things to do. (laughs) And I mean, also going to these schools is super expensive, super hard. Like It's considered an Ivy League school. And... Not because I doubt my intelligence or it's I went into Berkeley and I could barely read music. Barely, if not at all. And things like you asked um what things did it it equip me with? Uh, writing music, reading music, sight singing. I had incredible teachers who ever so patient, you know, who kept encouraging me. My air training teacher was called Paul Stiller, and every Friday for the first semester we'd have a test, and I this is coming from someone who was like, I'm, my ears are what got me into the school, even in my auditions. Like, um, And I don't know what I said in my interview, but they felt like, give this kid, do it, <laughs> give him, you know? And I was like, it's not like I'm any different from any of the people I auditioned with. we are just pretty much all alike. We all have dreams to pursue music, and somehow, or even somewhat, that's the word. Um, and I remember even the lady who auditioned me was like, ask, ask the accompanist, Yeah. Uh, have you have you ever met each other before? And I was like, no, you don't know each other. And she couldn't believe that I couldn't read music, but I can sing back everything that the guy was playing. And she was like, ah! And she told me like, because <laughs> I think she was going to put me in a lower class because I couldn't read. But then, even my teacher, um, in harmony, my first harmony teacher was called Lucy Holstead. And she was like, I know it's hard, but just keep. You can do it. Get a tutor, keep going, you know? And Moving from there into classes where you learn about harmony and uh, writing for big band. My degree is called the Contemporary Writing and Production degree, so it's not. When people ask you, "Do you go to? You went there to sing?" <laughs> no, I actually have a degree which I worked very hard for because I didn't know. I didn't know bad logic. I didn't know all these programs that people use so freely now. Nothing zilch. All I knew was get into the studio, sing on the mic. They'll do something about it. But the degree opened my eyes to a whole other world, you know, having people like, one of my favorite teachers, I um, have, his name was Bill Elliot, I was like, what is arranging, and, um he taught me, writing for big band, writing for orchestra, even when, I had a teacher who wouldn't show up, he would, I'd be like, can I see you, he's like, yeah, come, who in class, when you're there, you've done an all nighter, and he's like, are you okay, and, you almost you feel like he's a secondary father in your him, another guy called Rick McLaughlin, incredible bassist, uh plays the New England Conservatory and does jazz gigs in all over New York. So patient, so kind. And the one who changed my life about production and engineering, her name was Chrissy Tigner. And she works for Spotify. She she's the one who got us into, I remember she took us to meet the front-of-house engineer uh called Amanda at the time for Janelle Monáe, and we watched them doing their sound check and seeing the things we used in class, used by her, and I was like, this is crazy, you know? Um, But those are the people who made my life, some of the ones who, just to name, apart from Armstead, and even some of my voice teachers, like Nadelka Prescott, uh, who just, their patience and their kindness. Like, you come from thousands of miles away, they're not treating you like you're an idiot, you know? They're not dumbing you down, dumbing things down necessarily, you know, they're actually taking the time to teach you. And I honestly think learning cannot function without good teachers. So, um, And we know that because we remember good teachers. You know, you probably remember a teacher you had in high school who made you realize, like, this thing is works like this, you know. I know my high school chemistry teachers, mm-hmm. like, by name, and teachers who had impact on my life there. Right, yeah. So, yeah, those are the guys who Made me realize, and I was like, remember when I in my first semester it was so hard. that time I used to go to one bathroom and cry. Just I knew the bathroom in an office, in a certain uh, building rather. And I used to tell God, I was like, okay, if I'm here, that is reason you think I'm here because all of this so hard, so hard. Time different. I keep falling asleep in class at 4 p.m. because I was so tired because of jet lag. And I was like, if I'm going to leave this school, I must leave here with a uh, first class. Like, to prove the point that I am completely an underdog by all standards, but to prove that the underdog can come out on top. Mm-hmm. And more than that, that whatever purpose you have for me here is greater than anything I could imagine. And that's exactly what it is.
1: The reason you think I'm here. That song number? Bye. Nine. <laughs> <coughs> Crying in the bathroom. <laughs> song number 10.
0: Part of us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's pretty much it.
1: Wow. And um you know who are some of the interesting people that you met um uh, i think we we're talking about this earlier you know, oh yeah <laughs> uh, the interesting people you interesting met while you're at I've berkeley done in
0: school you know? <laughs> um like i said i've made friends with people who now go and talk with people like harry styles or jacob Collier. So people who and, and for those
1: of us not in the music world please oh. you know when you're name <laughs> dropping these names uh have we don't know their name, name for okay. some of them yes harry styles,
0: harry styles this uh what's that song Watermelon that Sugar. Mm-hmm. hi that's song. Mm-hmm. that's harry styles um jacob Collier, incredible composer songwriter from the uk um people who my friends work with them you know Um, and for me it's like i don't i don't see them as like so far away I'm like these are people we'd sit in the same house together eat lunch go for walks with, or even um, doing shows where for instance we opened for parliament funkadelic and Word <laughs> so that's you tell <laughs> if you don't know them I'm not even going to say who they are I suggest you just go look okay
1: yeah, you see this is part you see the reason I'm doing this podcast I'm considering <laughs> this as live school and you are the lecturer <laughs> professor Lisa odorno <laughs> Teaching us the lessons of music and what we can learn from this, so yeah, she's opened for Parliament Funk. I bet you guys didn't know that. Now you guys know. For those who are doing research, yeah, and I with, remember with that, my eh?
0: friend called Cella Poitier, who's from is it Barbados? She um, and she was opening for them, and we sang with her. So or even 2019, going to China with and my friend who's an artist there, and calling us to work with them. You know, I ended up singing in Chinese at at a Festival which I didn't even know what it was until I got there, which was the Shanghai Jazz Festival, which is an annual event which is incredible. To sharing the same to being the act just before Leila Hathaway, who is also a birthday alumnus, you see what I mean? So, yes, yes, yes. there are many things that have happened that I can't explain that have been born out of relationship. So,
1: did you find it hard singing in China, in Mandarin? I'm assuming they're singing in so Mandarin. What's the Mandarin. difference?
0: Um, so. uh, forgive me, uh, but it wasn't, it's interesting. Hearing, I like languages. That's another one of my interests. I think singing in other languages is incredible because of how people phonate things or enunciate things and how, for us, it might be, there's like, we will say sure, and then, like, they'll say something like sheer, sure. yeah. And ask, like, what is that? If I say, like, shirt, but it's now your ear, like, sure, but with a sure like mm. that. And you're like, what? That's a word. <laughs> and how do I say that in singing? Like, There's a song, um, her name is Thierry. She's a great vocalist. She's from China. Mm-hmm. And she has a song called Casino. But it said Casino. So it's simpler there. Or even like, um, just learning the pronunciation was fun for me because I was like, this is a challenge, you know. <laughs> or even learning, for instance, uh, the cover I've done of Loko Kanza. Mm-hmm. Kwakanza song called um nakozonga mm-hmm. and, and I have who's the so lakwakanza La is i think he's based in france but he's a singer songwriter he's worked with the likes of richard bonner who's a bassist who is signed to quincy jones this is his label and i did a cover of his song and i find singing in um, lingala is so much fun like again the musicality of the language it teaches you so much even like if you think about the song Premier Gao, you know? Mm-hmm. People will be like... It's like a fusion of French and another language. I'm not sure which specific. I don't know if it's Lingala. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're actual words. But people just say... <laughs> 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 uh, you know, e- exactly. exactly. <laughs> but it's like... There's a whole... Like you saying, <speaking> <speaking> uh, You know? And it's so... And that is not people say dang, it's you know, you know. And you're like, that's so cool. Like for me, I find language is fascinating because of how we articulate things differently. Or even if I sing, um, um, what's the song? Um, there's a song by um, Sanel, musician, you know, um, called "Tawezikude" with Simi. You know, you so, mm. it's so interesting how guys phrase their stuff. So, for me, learning things like that is exciting for my brain. So, doing things like that with people that incredible now even makes your brain even more like explode, at least mine. Because I'm just like, we're just people and we're sharing something. Music is its like sharing a language. It's like a secret. Um, C.S. Lewis calls this thing a secret thread. Something that you and someone else share that's in common, you know, um, and it feels like your own little secret bubble that then you get to share with the world, you know. Mm. So, like you said, some of the random but incredibly famous people I've run into at Global Citizen, um, meeting someone like Chris Martin from Coldplay. And what's Global is, Citizen? Oh, you might have to help me on this one. It's uh. There's a concert, but it's usually, it's a campaign and a forum where they push, I guess, some of the millennium, millennium development goals, uh, but also through art. And the concert is curated, at that time it was curated by Chris Martin, who's one of the members of Codeplay, which are incredible, uh, one of my favorite groups um, of all time, and one of the few last standing groups of all time from a decade that we know, outside of Kinayu too, and... Um, other great bands, you know, so um, or even meeting mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman um, just because we were standing backstage and talking to them and they're nice you know, like I told you before you just realise these are just people even being like, I, I did a gig when I lived in LA
1: um, Hold on, before, called... before the gig in LA. Pause. <laughs> yes. You met Jackman backstage, please. Yeah, continue the, the story. global citizen. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: citizen. And I, I mean, I was asking for a photo because who doesn't love Wolverine, but so kind. And he was just like, yeah, I'll be right back. I'm about to go up see and do a, 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 a little segue into something else. But if you're still here, come and find me. You know, and not the kind of celebrity dom that we think it is. And just realizing that they're just people... You might walk into a grocery store, for example, in Atlanta or in Los Angeles, and they're there shopping, and we, I guess, fame dehumanizes people because you give them a deity status, but they're just—they just do things like you. Maybe they have access to more, to different things, and to more, I guess. But they're just people. They go shopping. They go to the bathroom. They need sleep. They need food. Uh, yeah. You mean really? Can you imagine? No. It's, it's a wonder. You know, it's a wonder, but I'm, yeah.
1: I'm still stuck on worrying being kind and nice. Me, I'm just saying
0: claws. Like, I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like they're just they're just people, kind people. Um, sometimes I'm not even shocked if they're scared people because they don't know how you handle them. You know, um, I read something somewhere that Chris Rock, uh, who you've grown up watching, if you've watched Everybody Hates Chris, you know who Chris Rock <laughs> is, <laughs> but from being a comedian um, and a storyteller, like he doesn't necessarily like. Papa, he doesn't like paparazzi at all. And and he seems cold at first, but it's just because it's so impersonal. You know, people will take photos of you doing things that people wouldn't normally take photos of, you know? Like I was explaining the thing for imagine you walk into a, a concert venue and you see one of your favorite artists in the bathroom. Part of you, if you are an extreme fan, will be like, oh my God, can you sign up? But it's like you're in the bathroom, man. Like, do <laughs> I want to sign something also? Hygiene? But <laughs> at the same time, you're like, I, a part of you is just excited, you know? So, okay. what can you do?
1: Okay, no, it's funny. It's not funny. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. When you, when you see it uh, 360 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, the fun is excited, but the individual... It's uh, like, dang, man, uh, I'm uh, just pees. trying to pee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... see? <laughs>
0: wow,
1: well, it, it, it's really humbling.
0: Oh, so it is. I'm some,
1: some honored to be uh, you know, in the presence of a celebrity mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> who, who has been to China. Well, <laughs> Fun fact for people who who don't know things about her: So she sang in China Jazz Festival,
0: <laughs>
1: met Hugh Jackman off stage, this, hang out the with Chris Martin. Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, yeah. So now we go. Now we go back to your gig in LA.
0: Yeah, I did a gig in LA with a friend of mine called Naomi. Okay, what what was so, the gig,
1: and then you introduced Naomi?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. She does a gig every year for her birthday, and I happened to be there at that time. And, and who is Naomi? She is a vocal coach in Los Angeles and a close friend to a couple of people. So I met her, we used to go to the same church, and she just said, come and sing. And little did I know? She's also very good friends with Tori Kelly, and she sang with Tor- us. Tori Kelly stage. sounds familiar. Yeah, very prolific singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. These are people who started off Vine along um, with guys like, I don't know the dude, mm-hmm. what's his name? Many people like his voice. I'm going to remember them, tell you later. But a couple of... They started off Vine and YouTube. And they blew up. She produced self-produced her own EP. And then she was singing on stage with me. And in my head, I'm like, ah! But very kind also. She's like, I don't even know what I'm going to sing. And in my head, I said, ah! How? You know? And it was a, I didn't even expect to be there at that time. But it just tells you how you're just one degree of separation. But also, you... Like they're just people, <laughs> they all learn how to sing their own way. Like, you're all suddenly on the same stage again. It's just access that makes the difference, you know. And a few choices here and there, maybe they made or even their parents made. Yeah, that's it.
1: So, since you had access to Tori Kelly and you got to <laughs> see her, um, uh, doing her EP,
0: no, I didn't get to see her doing her EP, okay. You didn't she she see? made her EP, but she made she her EP. Yes.
1: What was your inspiration to start your EP now?
0: Um, mine. I didn't think I was going to do one ever. And then there was music that had, I'd written for years. And now it's sat with me since I moved back home. But it was written even before that. And I was like, why not? Just go ahead. And put it out there, And make room for more music. So that's my inspiration there's nothing too crazy like oh, to the midnight something you know but yeah I just wanted to put music with there.
1: alright let's take a short break and uh, when we come back from the break we'll talk about your upcoming EP yeah about to be released this week and we'll get to our game of three
0: you know I'm down this is a stars will to come
1: welcome back to the revenge of the forsaken gods podcast i'm your host andrew balongo opere and yes i'm right now in the midst of national treasure celebrity arranger singer songwriter (laughs) traveling all over the world sharing her gift of voice lisa Noah, welcome back
0: hi thank you
1: yes before the break we're saying we're going to talk about your ep And uh, like I said, when I'm listening to your songs, as in my spider sense goes tingling, my stairs just, my hairs just stand. I feel like someone is putting something electric on my body. Uh, let's talk about this song, Galaxy.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you need? What do you want to know? What was the
1: inspiration for it?
0: Um, I think there are so many stories that I've heard about people being high school sweethearts, or they've met so many different times in their life. From friends of mine and how their love story started. So I thought about the idea of star-crossed lovers, and you know how, like, the idea of orbit, like how um, the moon will never crash into the earth or the sun won't come out of its orbit. So I thought of, like, star-crossed lovers, regardless of where they meet in life, uh, they always find each other. Whether it's now, whether it's when you're 50, you've had those stories of like 70-year-olds who are like, I've known him since I've grown up, do you what? And apart from like, why did not you just choose him then? You know, but. I thought, why not put um, something like that, right? Something like that, where it's like, I've seen you go through your journey of picking different people. And I also know I've also been on my own, but we are what, I guess, it's like fate collides every time we meet. So, yeah.
1: Wow, wow. And what influenced the, the sonic arrangement?
0: Actually, my friend, Johnson Omoni J from Nigeria, who was here in Kenya at the time, was just like, I made these beats great producer great producer and he just sent it to me like what do you think and the song just blurted out and that was it so i was like oh, i really like this and it just came and i literally say which you hear <laughs> in the lyrics like catch the wave uh and know that i'm also writing it with you so i was like no i'm down to it and said so this is in luck our stars were made to collide you know i'm going to that be. so it's like familiarity but not in them bad way, you know, reading mm. off the fact that I've known you and I've loved you and I will still, regardless of where you find me in this journey of your life, you know so,
1: wow, wow and what about alive?
0: oh, that came out, well it's already out, but it's gonna be an album alive is about just finding a pulse again, literally, which is why I said maybe now's the time that I feel so alive um, when I close my eyes and just fly you know, I was saying it's like finding another love for music again, um, finding life again in music, you know, uh, especially after COVID. And funny enough, maybe I wrote the song for now after. <laughs> um, it's been three years in the pandemic when it feels like your life was held on ice for a long time. And then all of a sudden it feels like things are moving again. And even when I first started, it had been like over a year since I'd put out any music. I was like, maybe now. Again, like it says, maybe now's the time that I feel alive again and that I feel like I can tell a bit more of the story of what was happening. And I think musicians, we age with our music. And then there's a part now when you're hearing it, it's like, oh my God, I did know this music is new. And that's what we like, the lifetime of the music, <laughs> it's a lot older than you think. But at the same time, it's like, maybe now they can hear as I grow into other stuff, you know? So.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Alright, and I know you spoke uh, a lot about Jahera, <laughs> but uh, did you speak about the what was the motivation to write Jahera?
0: No, uh, when I wrote it, actually, I got the chorus first. And I just like... How did it come to you? I don't know. Sometimes I hear things, sometimes I whistle things, sometimes I write a phrase, and just that... came to me. So I was like, okay. And the chorus came first, and I was like, why? Why is this a phase? And then we walked around it, and I thought about it as, like I said, an ode to the one whom my love would belong to. So, an ode to Jaira. Then you move an ode, then you have Jaira. And it's, for me, it was just, I don't know, when you think about a good thing happening, you know, and I think for anyone, when there's someone who, well, it's your child, whether it's your love story. When you think about the person who you love dearly, you know who your love belongs to. There are things that, whether in the verses or it's, I talk about things that people who care for each other would know. You know, uh, there's a poem called "The Look of Love," I think, or even a book, a song actually called "The Look of Love," and how um, there's a theorist who said that you can tell people in relationship by the things they do, whether it's like glances or like how close they stand to each other or the way they speak to each other. It's very interesting uh, and that's what it was based off of um, like in the bridge I say um, when I think of love I see your face your infectious smile leaves me in a trance do you see where you lead me you don't know how you send me spinning round waist deep head down eyes closed I'm dreaming of a better place you know and your arms is I long to stay so things like that you know like I, I, I associate love with a person or I associate love with this person or my child or that relationship that you know um, and a, a, a question I like to ask my friends is who do you become when you are well loved so yeah
1: track number 10
0: <laughs> do you become 11
1: when you're really you loved you become yes. well loved yeah so when you become real loved
0: I'm dead okay. very J. <laughs> um
1: alright and who was involved in the sonic arrangement of Alive and Jahara?
0: oh I'm the chief producer and then my friend scott also called a two-size prolific uh horn player um he played the horns on alive and i sang and wrote everything and then Itch. my friend michael De played uh bass uh on alive as well so yeah that
1: was wow me. wow wow awesome mm-hmm. awesome and um just before we, we get into our game of three so that we can wrap up, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's been said that anyone who is uh, you know at the top of their game, who, anyone who is successful or anyone who we see is good at their craft mm-hmm. has had their face in the dust or in the dirt. <laughs> or, yeah. or you've experienced hurt mm-hmm. beyond words that can describe that hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a talk Mm -hmm. uh, earlier on uh, where it is entitled, The Monster Within, (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: would you mind talking a little bit about what was the influence, what what does that talk about and what influenced that?
0: Funny enough, I didn't name it that. and uh, someone sat with me actually his name is Donald and he's one of the heads of Engage, him and Agatha.
1: And what's Engage?
0: Engage is a platform for stories and the two of them did taste makers and toast masters, that's what it's called and they decided that they wanted to create something like that um, in Kenya, a platform for different stories, different Kenyans to be heard, which is another form of connection so uh, Donald approached me, um, and he was like, what's your story? And I can tell you the usual thing. for Yeah, I went to school, but what more is that? And uh, my background was that um, I have incredible parents, and unfortunately one of them struggled with substance abuse, and you know, I was my mom. And uh, for a long time, uh, people didn't know, but also a lot of the times that I'd spent singing also were catharsis for me. From the situation Because I mean Having any loved one Who struggles with addiction Or addictive behaviour um, Is a burden for a kid Because I was really young And so that's what that talk is about And how finding music Was cathartic And has continues to be catharsis for me Not just in the situation But even in life um, Some of the songs Like on the album There's a song there Where during COVID I wrote the song And It was me articulating how I felt about being stuck, not being able to perform, not being able to sing, not being able to connect with people, not being able to leave the house. And you see how human beings thrive off of, even just seeing family, you know, and being with my friends and just such a dark cloud it was, you know, when you're isolated. And that song was cathartic for me, so... People don't know that a lot of the music that i started writing was written during that time period my mom was at least i guess most uh sick or the trying times of her um um her season with with the addiction being at its height at that time so that was when i write the most mm-hmm. i write the most i journal the most um not that i don't channel right now but yeah that's that's what that was and i guess that wasn't even... That's one of the moments of being in the mud. Like College was ex- extremely difficult in that first semester. It was super cold. I remember even the first... One of my first months there, um, there was a blizzard. In my first semester, there was a blizzard every week for eight weeks. We missed eight Mondays of school. And I remember the first one that happened blocked out the heating system of our house. So my body was waking up because it was going in shock. And people don't know this. Uh, I was going into shock because how cold it was and it felt like my blankets were wet because of how cold it was the temperature had dropped in the house and i remember waking up at like five and i was like something's not right and i was like why do i feel so cold? like the cold was in my bones and i emailed the landlord and i was like help the i think the heating system has gone off and i remember her even her husband came to fix the heating and i was completely like shocking leave that aside from I can barely stay awake in a class that I'm supposed to be it's an art history class I fall asleep at 4am at 4pm every day because it's midnight and um, I'm adjusting to so many things that's like incredibly hard I never left home, I came by myself starting a my journey by myself and finding family finding f- new friends some, you know, maintaining all the days people actually don't know how hard long distance is even if it's not necessarily a romantic relationship, you know? So doing that, even points where you're, you're almost homeless in the States when you're a student because your housing is freaking expensive and uh, you can't sublease, like, how easy it is here, you know? Uh, difficulties like that that people don't explain Being and you're an international student, you know, and your family is back home and how some of... During COVID, a lot of international students went through that. When you're told your visa is about to be changed by administration, where it'll be that technically, since you're not on residence on the campus, then you have to go home and you have to find thousands of dollars or shillings to fly home Mm -hmm. or even to find a place, you know. So it was crazy. Like, just think about how at that time I experienced that, then watching people I know experience that um, during COVID. Mm -hmm. So it seems like privilege problems, but when you're by yourself, and isolated it's hard man and how even things like when winter comes people don't talk because they're all also going through the struggle of it's called like but uh seasonal depression yeah and how when you're by yourself and there was a classmate people knew who committed suicide and no one knew for like two three days because she was on her own you know uh or even losing my teacher who had been with us throughout the semester and just got sick and was gone like that like The many times I think
1: Mr C. Yeah, Mr
0: Christian. Yeah. And (coughs) things like that. Like even moving back home, feeling out of place, questioning your relevance and your worth, even in school especially, finding is there a space for me as a musician? Mm There are many I guess pitfalls that you feel in life. And I think you cannot taste the view from the hilltop without knowing the valley and knowing the worth of what it does for you, you know? And what it forms in you, what it, mm-hmm. I guess even the fire burns out of you, because, in as much as you you get privileges, with any sort of freedom, there's any there's responsibility. So, yeah, let's you think.
1: What were some of the things that helped you during those trying times? Whether it's something a person said, who was there for you, what did they do? Like mm-hmm. you said. That manager that came, the house manager came and fixed the heat. You know, I can't yeah, imagine man. even what to do. My brain is just like...
0: freezing and it's like negative 10 degrees Celsius or more, you know. Uh, I had to cool my housemates the first semester. I didn't even know them that well. One was from Pakistan. Another one was from Iran. And we used to sit and have <laughs> like soup or non-bread. Or we'd go and say, I'm going to get something from the supermarket. Or even living in a boarding house with women. Like... We'd all, I remember my sister came to visit me. We'd all have dinner together. We used to have dinners together or go out to eat. One of my other best friends was Korean. Like, I remember when I was moving back home, we moved out of LA and we did a road trip to Texas with all of our belongings. And I stayed with the family for a month, things like that. Like, so people, um, channeling and praying, oh, because there are secrets that are between me and God that no one else knows of how hard things were or how great things are or small things that people won't know, you know, hearing a room of people sing your song. For me, that's why I even wrote that in that post because it was real for me. Like, hearing people sing with me whether they they were part of it, you know, or not. Knowing that they're like, I know what it feels like um, to wait for hope to be birthed in you. Not necessarily just because it's coming, you know. Not everyone will see you at your darkest, but you know, knowing that those guys could sit and sing with me in a room, or even sit and listen to me, I'm not, oh, I'm really about to cry, okay. I do not take it for granted for every person, even when people tag me in things on Instagram. I say thank you, because I'm like, you don't, you can use your time differently. You, wow, I'm really going to cry, but you can, you choose to listen to me, you choose to push my music, you choose to share it with people, you know, that's what gets it around the world, that's what tells us that, like, for real, there's someone who needed to hear what you wrote, even though it was in the worst, or whether it's the worst or best of circumstances, and you become a part of someone's life, in a way no one else can. So, yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's why your music is powerful, being courageous enough to share, even though you might Mm -hmm. consider it private. Mm -hmm. What I feel musicians do, singers, songwriters, is... You help us articulate things we can't, we don't know how to say. Mm. So even when you're feeling emotional, you know, I'm feeling emotional, and you know, yeah, like like I remember for a long time, Alicia Keys. I'm just like, oh yeah, she's attractive, nice, ni- <laughs> all ni- all ni- the nice, nice, <laughs> nice songs. They're nice. You can sing along to. They nice. jam the moment i broke up with my girlfriend Listen. or rather when she broke up to me like everything makes sense oh my goodness mm-hmm. falling in and out of love oh <laughs> yeah can you be the pages of my diary oh my yeah. god he i said, can keep your secrets oh like, my okay, god like everything it. <laughs> like oh, it was like a jigsaw puzzle Like yeah. everything just <laughs> yeah exactly how did you know what i'm going through why,
0: if i reference again Bonnie there, his, it says his lyrics say i can't make you love me if you want I can make your heart feel something it won't. You know, here in the dark, in these final hours, I will lay down my heart and feel the power but you won't, you know? How many people around the world can talk about rejection, whether it relates to relationships yeah. or even just in opportunities? Like, you feel, in so many ways, sing- songwriters, or even just people who make music, even instrumental, you know? If I listen to Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy, uh, that music was a little hundreds of years before I was born, you know. Um, but it has the same lullaby effect. You know, I won't tell you it's a lullaby, but if you hear it, you'll be like, eh, just a piano, hmm. just, it's like, the, I think it's the call of a balloon or something, um, of the moon or something like that. Um, but you understand. I don't even have to tell you what it is, you know. Yes. Because you know that emotion. Yeah.
1: Wow, wow. Let's get... <laughs> Let's get into the final parts of uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Three things. So, mm-hmm. since you're a musician, mm-hmm. what have been three of your musical influences, style-wise? So you've mentioned Roomba already. One.
0: Yeah, yeah, Lingala,
1: yeah. Lingala. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: huh. Um. So Roomba was more that when I was when I was a child, what I was rocked to sleep to. But mostly a lot of soul, a lot of r and a lot of. I guess people call it world music, but I guess African music as well. Uh, whether it's rumba, benga, uh, South African house. Um, but if it was people even, I used to listen. I started off by listening to a lot of Indiari. Ari. My siblings would also... My brother played a lot of hip-hop in the house, so everything from the Beat Nuts to Method Man and Red Man, Wu-Tang Clan, were in there. Like, put me in coach. Like So, I... All of that as well. So. Any, any
1: any tracks that you remember that still stand out that you have on your <laughs> playlist? Because right now we are creating your oh, that's your so your, many. your your playlist. I actually so. have
0: like a four to six hour long playlist of my wow. own or wow. music that I grew up listening to mm-hmm. for years. So, like for instance, I can hear it in my head the minute I said hip hop, my brother used to play "Watch Out Now" by the Beat Nuts. I don't know if it's called "Watch Out Now," but that's the tagline. Uh, or even um, I remember there's a song by Big Pan, uh, which just like da 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 yeah, and it's uh, it's like a tribute song, I don't know, know the lyrics properly, I say like, Porque 영상ete, even though you play ahead, we still made it to the top, I think it's called like We Don't Stop or something, -Mm-hmm. such a great beat um, songs like that, um, or oh, India it was Everyone tags video but i think i like little things more um an acoustic soul brown skin <laughs> hello. hello um or even before that my mom used to play <laughs> i can't tell you how much abba and Simon and grafunko <laughs> at was played in our house there's a song that plays she used to play every 31st and i'm sick of it uh, I, I mean it's the opposite but it was it's called happy new year by abba that one and i can't tell you how i can sing the cheeky teeter and what's this song, Dancing Queen, like this. The minute I hear, ding 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 my goes, everybody who knows that guy, immediately. Um, so, <laughs> and then also classical music. My parents loved hymns, so, uh, um, To God Be The Glory. But then my favorite, one of my favorite hymns is, Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, um, early in the morning, my soul will rise to thee, holy, 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 um, Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity, Hand Messiah, um, one of my favorites, and then even things like, um, so many things, even classical music, like I said, Claire de Lune. a couple of arabesques by him, which are fantastic, and, um, yeah, things like that.
1: Wow. And um, who are three of your musical influences? Feel free to name... Already. I'm I, 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 I you've mentioned you're <laughs> old school. Like, I'm saying, like, like uh, learn, mix. Le- le- learning the craft of music in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can mm-hmm. name three male, three female.
0: Jill Scott, India, um, what's the, How people said they kind of sound like? India's the most common one. I remember even... I'm not name dropping, but it was nice. School had an opportunity to, for me to interview her. And someone was like, You guys even look kind of alike. I said, ah, <laughs> This is like full circle for me. And I told her. Um, and then even uh, maybe Power Ballad Singers. So I listened to a lot of Aretha. Um, that's one of my favorite songs, is You're All I Need to Get By, um, by her. And Bridge Over Travel and Water, even though it's originally by Kina Simon and Gafanko. I also have a song called Bleaker Street. So uh, Also, there's someone, there's a guitarist. Let me see if I can pull him up right now. My sister used to play him a lot. Um, and he has a song called... So some, I love a lot of instrumental music. Mm-hmm. Ah, his name is Andy McKee. And it helps me think about melodies differently. Um, even Richard Bona, Even Kira Papa Oimba, And... My mom loved Papa Wemba, Jonathan Butler. Oh, he had a song called The River that I think I know by heart because of my mother. <laughs> and Susan we are even one of my favorite songs, which I don't even think is, it was like a bonus track and it was called Ulongo. And I think it was a song about people who are like, um, uh, what do I say, uh, juggernauts mm-hmm. in the Lower we tribe at the time, uh, over time, and it was so beautiful because the progression was so. Ugh, I really liked it, and yeah. So those are some of the people, guys. Wow, that's it. MJ, of course. Um, who else? I liked Archelaus' writing style. Um,
1: what is his writing style?
0: Just the choral arrangements he'd do for most of his songs if you think about Gotham City mm. We've Been Happy People even if it's just him or he had such really powerful choral arrangements Kirk Franklin Uh oh, please don't even get me started on it the minute I start saying for those of you who, are, who think gospel music is dead yeah dead. you see <laughs> that's how you know. exactly um, and even his arrangements for his music he's actually an incredible choral director and composer um I knows how to pick people like just so many artists that are there presently cannot be why not my sister used to take six oh please immediately take six immediately yes so i'm now present day Jacob Collier, I like her and like um who have I been listening to recently let me just pull it up here
1: yes so um, three three of the artists you've been
0: listening to had recently had... <laughs> um well lately I've been listening to Lila Hathaway again her album honestly um who have i liked oh devin morrison he has a song called yams with masego but he has an even greater album um which is uh, his album is called hold on one second hold on i'm gonna find it just now it's called bussin um i was also listening to oh Moonchild has a great ep out and they have songs with alex isley Love her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to Johnny Drill. Oh yeah, yeah, great guy. Wow. Also listening to Prince. So yes, yeah. Yes. So wow. Yeah.
1: Meet okay. Some people. Who are three artists, three male and three female, that you would love to collaborate with? To collaborate with. Dead or alive. Now, yes, dead or lo- dead or alive. Uh, money is not an issue. Distance and location is not an Johnny issue. Drill? Now. <laughs> When I say this collaboration, <laughs> collaboration first on a track or album, John Drill. and then live.
0: So, album, track, you see. Okay, Johnny Drill again, still. Um, Why? I think it would have been, uh, I like the way he does his music. He does his music the way he feels, and that's what I think everyone should do. Even hers, like that. So, those two. Um, in terms of composition and like thought. Just thought process around music, Jacob Collier. I feel like my brain would get overwhelmed because of how many brilliant ideas there would be. But that's great. I think also for singing style, Liza Hathaway, that would be like of my life. Wow. Like lifetime achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, who who is I Think live. Think Tiwa. Tiwa is pretty cool. I think her choices are very interesting mm. in terms of Savage. collaborations. Yes, Tiwa Savage. And also who else? A couple of people. Um, like
1: which choices do you like of Tiwa?
0: I think wow, I liked I liked Bad. I think that was cool. That was Wizkid. Kid. Mm-hmm. Um I also like this album. I think the brandy collaboration was brilliant. Um, she also has a song, I think, called African Voyage or something that I think is very cool, and I don't think many people know, uh, which is why I like it also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, let me pull it up here just to make sure the name is right. Middle Passage, that's what it's called. Um, I think it's very cool. Uh, yeah, she thinks very interestingly, even in her collaborations. I really like uh, Mr. Lava Lava that she does. Um and I like that she actually she sings in her bit of the pigeon English but also her language and I think that's cool. That's something I try to do. I think also just because she's an iconic woman artist. Even Semi is really cool from SA Sunil Ah yeah, Sanel But not because of Afro House, but I think he makes very cool productions. Like he produces music very interestingly. Um yeah. Also Blinky. But we already knew that, so that helps. Oh, you see, Blinky <laughs> yeah. who? Blinky Bill. All right. Not the cartoon. <laughs> but yes, his name is Blinky Bill, formerly of just a band. Incredible Kenyan producer, who has been to Red Bull Music Academy, One Beat, collabed with people from all over the world, produced for people like Meka, um, um, who is also an incredible Nigerian musician, Nigerian musician singer, and... She's in the alternative music realm though, more so. Yeah.
1: And since your name dropping Blinky Bill, you actually have you are featured on one of his songs, Ama Aje. It
0: is a collaboration.
1: And uh it's Came a very interesting week. sonic uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why is it interesting?
1: Uh, <laughs> it's like a fusion of jazz, <laughs> Afro House, uh, Afro pop, sorry. Yes. <laughs> r&b mm-hmm. so it's a very interesting mix so it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those laid-back sleeper hits it's not a club banger it could be. but no it's not a club banger like like oh my god that's my song it's one of those like <laughs> like, like it, it's, <laughs> it's not an obvious study, club banger. yes it's not an obvious it's one of those like study music you know it's like <laughs> background like getting into zone you know, the zone song
0: funny thing is there's so many people who actually said otherwise more really? people have been like it's an earworm for them because it's easy to sing, mm. and then that's the funny thing is we were actually talking about it today, and but like the reception like it's been played by a radio station called KEXP in LA, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: Congratulations, Blinky Bill and Lisa <laughs> Udwarna, being played you. in Los Angeles, California.
0: <laughs> thank you. Uh, so yeah, it's actually turning out to be something. I think you were like, it's it's a great fun time song. It's a summer classic. Mm. That's what it feels like for me.
1: All right. Three artists, male and female, local and international, that must listen if Mm. you're on planet Earth.
0: Eh, 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 eh. That is problematic.
1: It's okay. I know know it'll change... On, uh, on, day on, day on day our day. second uh, interview, you know, it will change yeah. every day. It's <laughs> yeah. dependent on how you feel, but it's how yeah. you feel at this moment.
0: I think everyone should listen to Michael Mayo. Amayo. Incredible. His father actually played with a & Fire. So I was told. Um, so he's from New York. Does, and alternative singer. singer. Um, my friend Ariza... Incredible producer. Like songwriter. Is that the name
1: is that the name? Oh.
0: Yes, Ariza, Um Oh incredible producer. What? Like and composer. Um there's so many people I can miss. Not too many. Um uh, Don't worry. This okay. is the
1: first edition, so we're going to add more. <laughs> okay. Because you know, um, like you said, your 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 Spotify playlist is friend. four to six hours. That's one. So like, so so, so, so like, uh, since this is your first session with me, uh, uh-huh. Professor Lisa Odorno <laughs> in this first class lesson, this yes. is what you're naming for this to start us to start us uh-huh. out Oof. on. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, plus in Kenya, um, apart from Blinky, his new album is coming out. So this is gonna be fun. Think it's think at Keys too, and then who else? There's Jocky Caro, incredible songwriter, who has an EP called Anchor out. I think the album is coming out this year. It's a lot of good music. Let we'll me pull up some nice. Spotify. Who have been listening to? <laughs> Even that guy, David Morrison.
1: What? Yes. Incredible. His yes.
0: is like neo soul, but R&B things. I mean, maybe that's why he has a song with Masego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Oh, I was listening to, I listened to some common. So he has an album with PJ called A Beautiful Revolution. Everyone should listen to Yeba. Okay.
1: Um,
0: uh, who else? Like, I'm going to throw a random fact in there. Most mm-hmm. people don't know, many people don't know, Alicia Key's song, How Come You Don't Call Me, is originally by Prince. There you go. Fun fact, that's my wow. There you go.
1: <laughs> wow, thank, thank you, Professor. That's why they say good teachers <laughs> are hard to find.
0: Yes, um, so yeah, guys, like that. Um, I'm listening to a few other people. Um, Karun has great stuff.
1: Karun, yes,
0: okay. Karun Gary, yes, Karun, who is a Kenyan singer. Okay, Kenyan. And, and
1: the song to listen to,
0: I really like here with me. It's, I think, it's an absolute AOM. Even Nikita, Karin. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are local those are women Nukita
1: Kering the song to listen to
0: everyone likes X um, she has a song called I think X is great beautiful choice of melody don't yeah. play phew it's um, <laughs> 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 about to play right now um, um, it's called I think Crossing Lines was good mm-hmm. or Forget was also good you right um, I think in uh, Research Rewind by Bien and Aaron so that's recent, a song. recent rewind, reset or oh, reset rewind. rewind. Yeah, they just put out a video. That song was beautiful. Had a great time doing the background vocals with my girls in Yamanase. Mm. not sure if her album's come out this year, mm. but also great singer, songwriter. Wow, because i mostly local, so you're welcome. Yes, <laughs> um, internationally, my friend Maro, incredible voice. In fact, right. Maro
1: is one of the people that you've had uh, a lot of collaborations with, mm-hmm. but that one we're going to get into next time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. I'm giving you a couple of people. Maro, internationally also. Astin Tour. Um, Yeah, those are people. Tim Reynolds. I'm going to put all my friends. (laughs) But yeah, those are incredible people to see to.
1: Yeah, so I do appreciate you allowing us into your living room. Thank you. Uh, It's been an honor.
0: You're welcome. And (laughs)
1: before we finish, you know, you have to finish off with... You finish off the music section. So (laughs) we're we're now still remaining with... Three books and three movies.
0: Can I combine them? I'll give you some movies and some books. Sure. Let's Uh, start with the books. Books. I'm reading, I think, Jordan Peterson, anything he writes. One.
1: What is it that stands out especially with what you're reading? Which um, one are you reading right now?
0: 12 Rules for Life. I also have Beyond. Um, That's the second book.
1: What's the one Uh, idea that's really hitting you, hitting home for you? I think just
0: the way he articulates things that we think are normal in life, but not everybody knows or says is normal, uh, if, as people say, if there is a normal. Uh, But I think because of how relative things are, we don't realize how there are certain things that we're taught in life. You see, for example, like compassion, kindness, um, even things like order. We think we don't need rules, but they actually, it's like banks of a river. You know, chaos results when, we're left to our own devices and we make everything so relative that even the de- finding definition is hard.
1: Song number um. 13. <laughs> chaos.
0: Also I say many things and I don't remember. Yeah, so things, there you go. Chaos? You're gonna have to find it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah. Chaos so would be a good
1: song.
0: That would be interesting. But yeah. Um so yeah, I think he's a great writer and he, he thinks through things so that when he says them he doesn't regret saying them. And mm. I think that's something everyone should do yes. because of the impact of our, not only our words, our thoughts, True. even on people and how we share them. So All I think right. he's great. So most of his books I'm reading, I have 12, I have both books, but I think 12 rules for Love is great because it's not necessarily self-help. It's taking things that we know that even occur in nature that we think about very far off, but he concretely just helps us think about and articulate mm. things we know. A um, movie is Inception. I think it's great because I love puzzles, and I'm a superhero fan. So I also I liked recently. I like the Spider-Man movie. Um, what do you like about
1: What do you like about Inception? Okay, like you said puzzles. I'm a fan
0: of cross generational things. So mm-hmm. I don't think we can go forward without looking at the past, and I don't think we can embrace the present without dreaming of the future and knowing the past. So I like how they tied in th- three different generations of Spider-Man that we know. And the stories, you know, there are stories of loss, there are stories of triumph, there are stories of uh, internal struggle as well, you know. And how they each have it in their own way. Uh, and how maybe your hero, again, your average neighborhood, Spider-Man, is someone, you know. you know, And they're, them acting on, I keep telling sometimes my friends, like, if we all did what we know to be right, I guess, um, and if we all did our jobs or our roles. I think a lot of things would function a lot better than we think. So, yeah. I also like Inception for puzzles because sometimes I think what we embrace, truth is, might actually be a lot simpler than we think, you know. Uh, not because we're wrestling with it to make sure it's true, but just something that, you know, like kindness costs you nothing. It might be expensive um, and that incurs sacrifice, which is Choice demands consequence and sacrifice. And we have different equations for things. So, yeah, kindness costs us nothing. Uh, we just think it's expensive because it's our... How much are you willing to sacrifice necessarily? And sometimes... And again, it's not necessarily to do with the other person, but it's more... What can you give that doesn't cost you anything? You know, your time. Uh, but even though we can argue that, yes, time costs a lot if you spend it in the wrong way. So, you see? So...
1: Um, and, and, and when you said that, what came to mind is, you know, that movie again, Spider-Man and, you know, the <laughs> villains, yeah. and what stood out for me is I realized the hero has helped processing the emotions and mm-hmm. what's going on in their mind while well, the villains do not have, let me not say they don't have the opportunity to process, mm. no but it the seems there's no support. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, again, just the way you're reiterating Mm. the the sense of community and support. Mm -hmm.
0: They both, and if you think about it, both Spider-Man had community in all of the movies. Um, But they forfeit community. What they think will empower community, they end up forfeiting because it now becomes selfish. It's a selfish pursuit of, let's say, making the most superhuman thing. But you end up doing it yourself, and then you absolutely... Abhor kind of abhor it, or you think they are worthless, mm-hmm. or you think they that the only way they can exist is being a lizard, which is yeah, a true. bit rough.
1: <laughs> yes, so a couple of more books, and any other movie um, you want to slip in there? The movie up? up Up, Up, yes, the cartoon near the animation, yes, yes. yes. like up and Wall-y. <laughs> ah, and Wally.
0: Yeah, I think they're great. Up is because you see someone who's so riddled in their pain finding joy, and I think that's something everyone should do. It's like even though, there's another movie where you see the girl's emotions in her brain, you know, joy, sadness. Inside
1: Out. Yes, Inside Out. One of my favorites. Oh my god. Absolutely.
0: Even Wally. Wally is, we see a machine with a heart, which is kind of like, how we are. You enter a capitalistic world, you're like, get the money, get the money, but then everyone who has the money is telling you it doesn't really matter until you're alone and you have either no one to share it with or people who absolutely do not value you because you have all the money and you give them all the access to to it in the world or you do something great and people are just like okay we don't care you know we just want access to you because of those things not because of who you are which again goes back to think for connection we seek it on so many different platforms but rather than just being like hi are you okay how was your day so don't be like I need to send this i just see blah blah. i get This, you know, I have no idea what my boss might be going through, and I don't necessarily need to exclusively know. But if I offer some vulnerability, you might find, in most cases, people might offer it back, even when they are terrified.
1: Wow, wow! Any other books apart from, uh, apart
0: from uh, Jordan,
1: Jordan Peterson, Pisa, our our our, our um, fellow lecturer, you know, <laughs> Professor Lisa, <laughs> Doctor um, Peterson. For
0: personally, for me also. Um, Maybe it's just because of my belief system but i think the bible is great i think because of not just how much peace it has offered me there's so many people i think remove the practicality of it in many ways uh just because for instance um the service that talks about be transformed in your mind in the renewal of your mind and the idea of transformation sometimes is linked to forget everything. Do this and you've transformed, yeah? And you, but you, it's about like reworking, reworking your brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf talks about your thoughts are like trees that are alive and, you, and trees that are dead. The bad ones are like trees that are dead or dying off, you know? And the transformation of your mind is this is a dead tree. How did I arrive at a dead tree? Mm-hmm. Do this thing. I felt this thing. What triggered you feeling this thing, you know? And you see, you do not conform anymore to feeding. You can't feed dead trees, you know, but building or planting dead trees, you know, or planting seeds in ground that won't sire living trees. You know, you plant new trees. You think about, like, for instance, yeah, I had a traumatic experience with my mom. Okay. But I ended up doing music. Okay. What does music do for me? It brings catharsis. Okay. What happens when I feel that thing? Um, Relief. I feel peace. How many different ways can I have a peace in my life? Now, I'm going to the life, okay? When I journal, when I sing, when I spend time with people, okay, how many ways can I incorporate that into my life? And how many, on this day, I'm feeling this particular anxiety? Can I call someone? You see how it has gone from there was this part that felt dead where connection was harmed in the trauma of my life, but how I've re articulated connection again yeah so
1: wow wow yeah. any last book you want to recommend that <laughs> that comes to mind or um, there's
0: a book I want to read which I've had good things about the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Green so mm. that's what I want mm. to read because mm. we're talking about it with my brother mm. uh, whom I love so dearly it was I need to I need to quote it that one law which is inciting my reading <laughs> of this thing this is on behalf of Kevin Oduerno who I love so much my big brother.
1: Thank you, big brother Kevin, for (laughs) for being such an inspiration to to your small sister.
0: Yeah, the kindest mean mug looking brother (laughs) in the world. (laughs) He's the tenderest. Don't say I told you guys that about him. Okay. But it says the 48th law says, law number 19 says, know who you're dealing with or i.e. do not offend the wrong person. Um, And I was like, in your dealings with people, always be kind you know you never know what someone else might i guess do in your life you have no idea and you can't plan that's one of the most interesting things about life i cannot plan i never knew that there'd be a podcast one day that you'd be you would be heading you know and when i grew up with you years ago in fact you grew up more with my siblings so who would have thought this is the path that life would take I cannot plan. But if I was a sucky person before, this would be terribly awkward, you know? And even then, taking the chance on doing the podcast with me would have been like, "Hey," or if you had that, maybe I'm nice. But then I, I suck to you, you know? Um, and it would be different if I was sucky because I had a bad day and I told you that. See? So, yeah, you can't plan. Do not offend the wrong person. So that's why I want to read it. I think that's
1: Brilliant. wow thank you very much uh, you have just been schooled by professor lisa <laughs> odour noah uh ep is out here is the cover art as you can see uh, it's, it's, the name oh, is, this is alive. The cover art for alive this is the cover art for alive which oh. is one of the
0: songs on the album
1: oh sorry this is the cover art for <laughs> alive one of the songs and what's the name of the ep it's self
0: type
1: self-titled. title. is uh-huh. called Lisa Noah. Mm-hmm. And where can people find your EP?
0: Everywhere. Anywhere that you stream music, it'll be out on February 9th, 2022.
1: Yes, so uh yes, uh, it's going to be out. Please go ahead and uh, support Lisa and also support yourselves into listening some mm-hmm music from a legend from a celebrity <laughs> from kenya's national treasures one of the great wonders of the world wow, you have heard you. it here yourself lisa odour noah <laughs> i have tried my due diligence for you to get a taste of this wonderful woman and uh, her journey and how she's impacting not just herself but the people in her life thank you, thank you very much for being on my podcast
0: for having
1: me. yes it has been my pleasure and uh, we will put every single link to what she has spoken to in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that you can check out the uh, list. Uh, if people want to follow you mm-hmm. on social media, what are your, uh, your handles. handles?
0: On Instagram, it's Lisa Odor. On Twitter, it's Lisa Odor. I'm probably the only person who has a surname like this. So, <laughs> so, yeah, everywhere. Lisa Odor or Lisa Odorna.
1: So what you've heard for so you've heard it it is lisa odwar or lisa odwar noah on Mm -hmm. all handles Mm -hmm. instagram uh instagram twitter Twitter, facebook so uh i have a favor uh -hmm. that i need from all of you uh from whoever's listening if you heard something that was interesting that lisa shared please share that on twitter Mm -hmm. or in the comment section below she said so much (laughs) Um, so much wisdom has has, uh, has uh, come from her. And uh, I'm going to re-listen to this a uh, whole bunch of times just to uh, uh, distill uh, 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 the lessons that this master musician at her craft has said. Mind you, she's also an accomplished engineer and arranger, you know? And uh, yes, so please remember, tweet on uh, Lisa Woodward. And also, follow her on all, all handles. <laughs> you can also find me on the podcast, mm-hmm. Andrew Balongo O'Pere. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, it is Andrew Balongo O'Pere. On Twitter, it is Operetta That's <laughs> O-P-E-R-E-T-A-R. Mm-hmm. On um, Instagram. Instagram, it is Operetta Opereta1. Mm-hmm. And please follow the podcast. It is on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it is Revenge of the Forsaken Gods. Mm -hmm. And to follow on all social media platforms, look for Revenge F Gods. Mm -hmm. That's Revenge F Gods. Mm -hmm. So as we uh, sign off, how do you think you'd summarize just three bits of wisdom from your life? Let's say everything was all ending and we're told we're creating a capsule your wisdom to be followed by the next generation what would crazy. you say
0: it's Crazy, because I've been not that I are depressed but we have had very interesting conversations on mobility uh, lately um, why not say um, I'm proud of you for believing in yourself that's to myself and everything takes time um, again kindness costs nothing um, and I hope I hope that everyone knows in whatever they do, there's always space for them. Uh, there's a way that you do things and that you say things and that you tell your story that someone somewhere around the world needs to know or hear or see you do the way you do that thing you do. Um, so yeah don't don't give up.
1: Thank you very much, everyone. It has been Lisa, Udwar, and Noah here Mm -hmm. on the Revenge of the Forsaken Gods podcast. Mm -hmm. And thank you very much for being here. Yes, if you've liked this episode, like it. Mm -hmm. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. Share with people. And remember to go out and get that album. Mm -hmm. Self-titled, Lisa, Udwar, Noah. Mm -hmm. You will be thankful for it. And... (laughs) If you do listen to the songs and you feel a particular way, please do share. Mm-hmm. Uh, feedback, I think, is one of the things that is needed for a creative. How did this song uh, speak to you? Mm-hmm. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you. You are now listening to The Revenge of the Forsaken Gods podcast.